Welcome back to City on the Edge, podcast where we tell Albuquerque stories, Albuquerque and New Mexico stories. I'm Ty Bannerman. I'm Nora Hickey. I'm Mike Smith. And today we are going to be talking about Ladrones Mountains. Is that right? Uh, something like that. Sierra Ladrones. Sierra Ladrones. But it goes by a lot of names. Sometimes people call it Ladrone Peak, Ladrones Peak, Sierra de Ladrones, I've heard. It's one of those places that's like wild enough that... um, it, you know, the facts aren't all always consistent that I've been able to find. I can't find which is the highest point of it. Okay, so where where are <laughs> these mountains? Just right uh, off the bat here. So, so it's it's technically it's what's called a massif, M A S S I F. Maybe it's pronounced massif. Seems French. Okay, but um, uh, it's which is like a a giant cluster. That it is a mountain, but it's a single thing, and it's made of the same granite as the Sandias. Oh. Gotta take your hand off the top oh. of the Oh, mic. my hand is on the top of it. Okay. <laughs> That's okay. all right, because I can hear your fingers that oh, way. Oh, so okay. this is the way. Okay. I can hear your fingers. <laughs> Thanks. That's creepy, Ty. Strangest, Why are you outside my window at night saying that? Strangest horror <laughs> villain tagline ever. <laughs> I can hear your fingers. Um, Sierra means mountain. <laughs> right, right. And yes. Ladrones means thieves. <gasps> yeah, yeah. And and you can see them from Albuquerque? Yeah, you can see this mountain from Albuquerque. It's 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 like a pyramidal blue mountain. It's southwest of town. It looks like it's due south. When you're around the tramway exit on that side of town, there's a great view of it. It seems close. You can see the mesas around it even. But all over town, if you're driving down San Mateo or um, any of the Heights roads, it's like you have this perfect view of it way, way okay. off in the distance. There's usually like, you can see like one closer volcano or volcanic neck in front of it. And um, but it's a, I've always admired it. And I've always thought it would be so cool if you had a personal memory of every mountain peak that you could see from from Albuquerque, because it would just be a different experience of being in the city. If you looked mm-hmm. around and like like I have really weird memories of Mount Taylor, like from being you know, like a winter camping scout there. And when I look over there on the west side, I'm like, you know, that, that comes to me sometimes, you know, but um Oh, I'm doing. I'm touching you're the microphone again. Sorry, sorry. Head. That's what you're signaling. <laughs> Just tell me. It's fine. All right. I don't want to mess um, up. Hey, but <laughs> first, before we get to Sierra Ladrones, yeah, we've yeah. got to report on some very important uh, recent New Mexico news. Oh, what's going on? Uh, announcing the the marriage of uh, Mike Smith oh, yeah. and Mara Woody. Oh yeah, um, I got married. Congratulations. Thanks. Thanks a lot. You were both beautiful wedding. wedding. Oh, thanks. So that's why you uh, <laughs> missed. No, you didn't miss it. You showed up. I, showed I was up. thinking you were going to miss that the, chili pepper uh, the chili episode. Pepper. I had just gotten married right, right. before oh, we right. recorded it. But it was all you very, were newly married, man. Yeah. <laughs> it was all very hush hush at that point. We didn't uh, oh. want to cause a riot. And I walked in kind of late. So. Yeah. Yeah. The people who uh, you know weren't invited or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It was great. We got married at the John B. Robert Dam over on Juan Tabo, as you mm-hmm. both know, because you were there at sunrise. The balloons came up. The Sun came up from behind the mountains. It was just awesome. I was like, why don't why don't people do events here all the time? Because mm-hmm. had yeah. this broad uh, concrete swath up there, and then Bear Canyon sprawling up toward the mountains from there. I thought it was just, and we had you know fifty of Albuquerque's weirdest scenesters and yes. and uh, <laughs> creators and stuff all hanging out on mm-hmm. the slab. It was great, and the them. weirdest of them yeah. all. <laughs> Oh yeah, did Ty, the ceremony. Yep, Ty oh. Bannerman performed the ceremony. Yes, this, this was a city was, on the edge production, really. <laughs> it really was. And, and Nora was there providing moral support to all. 
And we had breakfast burritos and uh, Maro came out with Milk de la Machina, this amazing experimental music band and sang a cool acapella song at the beginning. Your dad was there? My dad and Diane were there. Hello. Yeah. And, uh, it was, and I got to chat with, uh, yeah. with both of them for a while, which yep. is always a, a pleasure. <laughs> it's a very good family. Um, it was it cool. felt good. It was a good, yeah. a good gathering. And it, so was, it was great. Congratulations. very Albuquerque. Yeah. Ty- <laughs> Paid homage. Ty read part of the, his remarks from a phone, which I had laughed at so hard. What else are you going to do? You know? <laughs> I don't uh, have a printer anymore. Oh, man. I <laughs> oh, yeah. It was great. Ty came out with a hit opening joke, uh, a quote from the Bible, uh, I believe. Yes, uh, <laughs> wives obey your husbands or something like that. Yeah. Which, uh, uh, boy, old, it just did not go over with that old, crowd. Good old Leviticus. He's always got the best singers. Uh, Ephesians, uh, actually. Yeah. Or, wait, um, wait, oh, where is it? Oh, really? Ephesians, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, I was uh, going through Ephesians trying to find the, oh, the so most the uh, difficult lines for you oh, yeah. and yours. Oh, yeah. Um, um, I, yeah. So congratulations. <laughs> and, Thanks. It's you know, great. That that dam, which has often appeared on oh, yeah. Breaking Bad, oh, yeah. uh, Preacher, Terminator Preacher. Salvation, right? It's the one with the with the the concrete baffles, yeah. I guess you'd call them, mm. looking like teeth, just a bunch of. They're teeth. called bafflers. Well, yeah, because oh. they baffle oh, the water. Wow. I mean, I don't know if that's I what they. I don't know if that's what, oh. that's what they're called, but it, in sound, up. like <laughs> baffle things. Yeah, they look like tombstones, oh. kind of on a slanted yeah. hill, yeah. hill. Very striking. I want to write a 1% for the arts uh, grant letter to the city to try to get different artists to sponsor that. And like everybody gets a stone yeah. and turns it into something it. really cool, a cool public artwork, you know? Do it. Become a yeah. grant writer. It'd be awesome. Well, I think it wouldn't be that hard to pitch them on one thing. No, you I know? don't think so. A friend and I a... turned it into a giant game of Pac-Man like 10 years ago, and <laughs> it got painted over immediately. Oh. But uh, <laughs> painted on all the stuff. Anyway, different phase. Undergrads. Right. And uh, the, uh, <laughs> that dam, is it has a name. It's the... John B. Robert John Dam. John B. Robert yeah. Dam. And um, I don't know anything about John B. Robert, but I saw the plaque, and it said that yeah. he was like the uh, one of the the progenitors of, of Albuquerque and the Rio Grande hmm. Conservancy District's like flood control plan. Oh, cool. Oh, wow. So we ought to definitely delve into that story at some point. Nice. Because mm-hmm. that's why, um, you know, half of downtown isn't under three feet of water yeah. six months out of Thank the year. Thank you, John B. Robert. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Watch the 1989 local news report on the Muriel flood. You can find it on YouTube and see what it was like before the arroyos were paved and before oh, wow. the flood control dams were on the east side. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. I think we've mentioned that before, but um, there's also a spooky tunnel underneath it. And the Northeast Heights has this amazing like goth tagger that's been putting up all these weird phrases around the heights. And under in that one, it says new vampires come out at night. Ooh. <laughs> that's I mean, when else would they come out? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I new vampires. It, but... And then well, and then in one by my house, it says um, uh, the kids in the dark invite you to an escape. I'm like, I think it's the same handwriting. It's, it's kind of eerie. Same, yeah, but I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I like poetry, man. It's very that's spooky. Great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. Weirdo Heights, you know. All right. So should we read this story and stuff? Yeah, I want to learn more about All right. Sierra okay. Ladrones. Peace Mountain. Sierra Ladrones. Okay. Sierra Ladrones. So. <laughs> you want right. to give us an intro here? Yeah, a little s- brief intro. This is kind of an experimentally written piece. This is, I would say, this is the first thing I've written exclusively for this podcast. Um, this is, this well, is, thank th- you. yeah, this is, uh, I mean, I'll probably end up using it in other things, but yeah, like, yeah. but like, I wrote it, you know, because I wanted to do a topic for the show. And because, like, 
Frankly, this is unpublishable. This is this is a oh, it's, it's an experimental form. Well, thank you for bringing it to it's, us. Even better. <laughs> it's an experimental form. It's politically a little pointed here and there, okay. you know. And it's a uh, it's a weird mix of things, but so, um, but exciting. I think it's inf- informative. A true okay, Mike Smith on. joint. All right. So and it's a literal description of an Instagram feed. So or not Instagram feed. Instagram uh, the search results for the hashtag Sierra Ladrones. All right. So, definitely. <laughs> all right. I like it. <laughs> all right. So you'll you'll see. Hashtag Sierra Ladrones. Fewer than 100 posts. Following. See a few top posts each week. Top. Recent. Every paragraph here represents a photo or set of photos. 72 photos by eight people, all of which included hashtag Sierra Ladrones in their captions when they were posted over seven years on photo sharing site Instagram. Photos I accessed on September 3rd, 2019. Sierra Ladrones, Mountain of the Thieves in Socorro County, New Mexico, 25 miles northwest of Socorro, visible from Albuquerque to its northeast. A triangular to us, mostly granite mountain with desert grassland in the foreground and diaphanous sun-stained rain clouds wisping away diagonally. The light dimensional, the peaks multi-layered and pleasing like abstract art. I feel geometrically challenged by this mountain, as if by a Rothko or a Martin. This massif, this complex slab that looks like many mountains, but is only one. Geologist Vincent C. Kelly's 1974 book, Albuquerque, Its Mountains, Valley, Water, and Volcanoes, says, Far to the south, the conical high mountain is Sierra Ladrone. It consists of granite like that in the Sandia Mountains. To the southwest, left of the white-domed military installation, rises the high ridge of the Lucero Uplift. The low, light-colored hills to the right of the dome are sand dunes formed along the eastern rim of the Puerco Valley. A red and silver Amtrak train hurtling motionlessly past Sierra Ladrones, the mountain a blue spear point in the background. Amtrak has two east-west routes across New Mexico. This one connects Arizona to Colorado. Gallup to Albuquerque to Lamy to Las Vegas to Raton. The other, farther south, goes through Lordsburg and Deming, connecting Arizona to El Paso. This shot's composition unfolds like a Jacob's Ladder in level bands from top to bottom. Blank sky, train on the left and mountain on the right, and then, moving down, desert, roadside, road, recalling Ansel Adams' iconic 1941 photograph, Moonrise, Hernandez, New Mexico, shot up north. Halka Chronic's 1987 Roadside Geology of New Mexico describes a comparable scene. West of Interstate 25's junction with US 60 is the dome of Sierra Ladrones Ladrone Peak, an upfaulted wedge of Precambrian granite. Dark volcanic mountains behind it mark the northeast corner of the Dattle Mogollon volcanic highlands of west central New Mexico. The sky with gradients of vivid color, mesas, the tablelands, say old books, and then whitish tilting hills, bristly mountainsides, cliffs, and outcropping of pink rock among choyas and junipers. A small figure, maybe a man, maybe white, holding a green drink container, stands in a blue shirt and a red baseball cap, a red hat, not something anyone should wear in 2019. Out and about, the figure and or photographer writes. A white rock jumble of a ruin, bouquet-like choyas at its corners, the mountain behind. T.M. Pierce in his 1965 New Mexico Place Names, a geographical dictionary, writes that these mountains became a hideout for Navajo and Apache horse thieves and later for American rustlers. They are very rocky and trails are passable only on foot or single file on horseback. One of the American bandits had a ranch in the area which lent cover to his marauding activities. He is said to have had a spy in Socorro who was thought to be a simpleton, but nevertheless reported to his master information which aided in the robberies. People have lived here and then blown away. This building is maybe a century old, older. However old, it was a conduit for hope and loss, rise and ruin. In any building made of earthly stuff, i.e. every building so far, 
especially one made of local materials, is like a wave of the planet itself. This one rising from the former seabed of what's now called the Western Interior Seaway to envelop people before crashing back into itself in a slow spray of rough-hewn rock. Sierra Ladrona is small toward the back left corner of a witchy image. I've wanted to visit, but my car has been unreliable. I've only just replaced it. The top third of the image is sky, and then the horizon, the gloaming, bands of neon color lighting an end, and then the small blue wave-like mountain, a tsunami crashing up the horizon, and then many layers of desert before that, and then a shaggy slick rock landscape dominating the foreground, and a small figure dressed in a blue vest standing on a slick rock promontory, maybe walking away. I think of figures evoked in Mark Simmons' 1982 Albuquerque, a narrative history, a book in which Apaches and Navajos resumed attacks upon Albuquerque's Middle Valley with all their old ferocity. At the end of 1707, a war party of Apaches seized 100 head of cattle belonging to residents of the Villa and disappeared toward the southwest. Captain Martin Hurtado, since 1706 the first mayor or alcalde of the Villa of Albuquerque, got a hurried message off to Santa Fe asking for help. Captain Felix Martinez, commander of the Santa Fe Presidio, responded promptly. With 30 crack troops and 60 Pueblo militiamen, he arrived in Albuquerque, where he enlisted a number of local settlers to give his punitive force still more muscle. Then he went pelting off on the trail of the thieves. He surprised them in their lair, situated on the Ladrone Mountains, 35 miles below Albuquerque, and delivered a knockout punch. His men killed some of the warriors and scattered the rest of the band. Such chases were repeated innumerable times in the years following, but only rarely did the Spaniards earn a clear victory as they had on this occasion. This photo, actually this batch of photos, is also location tagged in Santa Rita, New Mexico, a ghost town also named Riley. With Sierra Ladronas in the near distant background, do my eyes deceive me? A figure from the Old West, that mythical realm, steps forth. He's got a vest and a hat, and boy howdy, he's got a stance, and yep, a gun. And here's a picture of his gun, and here's a picture of his gun, and here's... I know this fellow's type. Can't simply go outside without some macho posturing. Gotta make some noise or kill something. Oh good, finally, variety. A picture of a bullet. And now he's making faces. Shadows. Shadows. Cool rocks. Someone standing atop a pyramid of pinkish rock. Legs concealed. Face a mostly dark blur. A bronze cap survey marker. An azimuth disc. Reference mark or reference disc. Pick a name, whatever you are. Beside a juniper fence post. This once alive post banded around with barbed wire. Juniper grows abundantly where there's overgrazing. Same with fence posts. U.S. General Land Office survey. Penalty for removal, says the disc. In 1946, the General Land Office would be merged into the Bureau of Land Management. This disc also has a year, 1931, when Riley's post office closed after the water table, table fell and doomed the town. A ruined building in front of a hill with a cross on top of it. The sun's rays flaring like the spokes of a wagon wheel. Riley slash Santa Rita. Desert grasses. Someone walking toward the building on a dirt track. Smears of light all over. I love it. I love light. Unless I'm driving into it. A cemetery at the base of that hill. A big white cross in the cemetery. Buried headstones. Santa Rita slash Riley. Ghost Towns Alive, Trips to New Mexico's Past. A wonderfully lyrical 2003 book by L Linda G. Harris says, The road opens onto a panorama dominated by Ladrone Peak, Thieves Mountain. Suddenly a forest of yucca trees fills the landscape, then refuses to grow past an unseen boundary farther on. Even the roadbed is a natural wonder, here showing bands of yellow ochre, ahead turning shades of mauve and rose. Closer to Riley, everything takes on a rough sameness, brown and barren. Orange-plumed salt cedars line the Rio Salado's course, taking greedy shares of the brackish water. There's no bridge to Riley, but since the river itself is but a few yards wide, my truck makes a solid crossing. Riley looks welcoming in the sunshine. Hispanic farmers who settled here in 1890 named their village, and later their church, Santa Rita. 
By the time the post office was granted, the name was changed to Riley for a local sheep rancher. The early settlers were farmers and ranchers, but by 1897, mining was the main occupation, with four mines in the area producing gold, silver, and lead. By then, some 150 people lived in Riley, which had two stores and a school. Philip Varney continues this quiet saga in the 1987 edition of his 1981 New Mexico's Best Ghost Towns, a practical guide, a helpful book many hikers have carried into the desert. Deposits of coal and manganese were found nearby, and at one time there were four working mines. The mines eventually closed, but the most serious blow to the town was a drop in the water table that made irrigation difficult and farming unprofitable. The post office closed in 1931, and Riley was dead. Dead, that is, except for once a year. On May 22nd, a priest celebrates Mass for the Feast of Santa Rita at the local church, which is still carefully maintained. A cemetery at the church, five roofless adobe buildings, and a deserted stone schoolhouse comprise the rest of the site. The road to Riley is quite good except for occasional bumpy crossings of washes. I recommend a truck. Actually, the road itself offers a pleasant variety because of the varying terrain. The road's color changes from brown to red to gray-blue to chalky pink and even to a hint of mustard. Sierra Ladrones in the distance, seen in 2017 from Berlin Alexander Municipal Airport. That airport's name now Berlin Regional Airport, with a radiant sunset, light dazzling upward through icy thin cirrus clouds. The land in the foreground is mostly in silhouette, with only lacy glimmers of the day. And here's another shot of that sunset. Sierra Ladrones looms as a sky island, like Mount Graham near where I briefly attended college in southeastern Arizona, meaning that it rises suddenly and starkly from the land around it. Sierra Ladrones rising 9,186 feet above sea level and almost half that height above the surrounding desert. A wooden gravestone inscribed with text, the image washed out in sun glare, like a desert midday. This headstone is for Valencia County Deputy Daniel Bustamante, born May 31, 1864, died May 25, 1898, killed by bandits, Bronco Bill plus Bill Johnson Smith, Robbers robbed the U.S. mail train in Berlin and Mexico, May 24, 1898, from Berlin Depot. Speaking of Mount Graham, William E. Bronco Bill Walters, 1869 to 1921, mentioned above, an outlaw near the end of the so-called Old West, has his name attached to a lost treasure legend in Solomon, Arizona, beneath Mount Graham. He moved between sky islands. How poetic. The 2011 nonfiction book, The Bronco Bill Gang, by Karen Holiday Tanner and John D. Tanner Jr. has a chapter on this robbery and murder, Berlin and beyond. Red Dirt Cliffs of an Arroyo near Riley reads this next photo's caption, and yes, yes, these cliffs are that lovely red dirt I can't resist and have tasted and want to become and can often feel flowing through my blood, the iron of my blood and the iron of the earth moving near and through each other in parallel and overlapping circuits, something magnetic and old at work. The cliffs stand above a dirt arroyo. The cliffs sit beneath stony hillsides. The 2008 guidebook, 60 Hikes Within 60 Miles, Albuquerque, by Stephen Ausherman, the first edition of which happens to have a picture on the cover of me, ha, my biggest honor, looking away, staring at the sandias as I had accompanied Ausherman, a friend on many hikes when he was doing that book's research. Also called Los Ladrones, the dark mountains figure into local lore as the setting for Apache ambushes, disastrous treasure hunts, and encounters with ghostly white werewolves. Sightings of brazas, fireballs wheeling in the night are not uncommon, and a few known meteor impact sites in the area don't adequately explain the strange phenomenon. The remote granite massive rises 4,500 feet above the Rio Puerco. It stands alone on a plain too prone to erosion to sustain reliable roads. A checkerboard of private ranch land further complicates the approach from the northeast, whereas its southeast quadrant falls in the strictly off-limits Sevilleta National Wildlife Refuge. More than 45,300 acres of the Ladronas have been designated as a BLM wilderness study area. Grasses and scrubs sum up the vegetation on the lower slopes. 
ponderosa pine, aspen, and Douglas fir grow near the twin summits. Looming on Albuquerque's southwest horizon, the range appears monolithic. Its complexity becomes more apparent up close. Sunset, another cowboy pick. This guy does not look authentic. I could be wrong, but his clothes look too clean and new, and his poses look staged, like his cowboy hat and vest are part of a Halloween costume. He waves his gun around like it's attached to a console. A truly impressive collapsed adobe house before two hillsides and beside a spindly tree. The old Creole family homestead at Riley, reads the caption. A person walking forward in the foreground. Plants, maybe four-winged saltbush. Collapsing adobe and stone walls. A rusty scaffold of a roof. The shape of a window, a frame barely suspended against this two-story ruin. The old shop at the Creole homestead, says this caption. A squat little building, another photo of that. A corral at the same place, a tangle of rust. Rusted farm equipment, peaks and saddles against the sky, small cumulus clouds, a small round moon, everything pinkening. More ghost town shots, more theatrical romping, having real cowboy fun. A beautiful shot of clouds above one end of the mountain, light advancing or retreating. A 1975 copy of the 1965 Guide to the New Mexico Mountains by Herbert E. Ungenad calls this massive the Ladrone Mountains and recounts an approach to Ladrone Peak, 9,186 feet above sea level. The massive's highest point, according to Ladrone Peak's National Geodetic Survey data sheet, for the century of data accessed September 7, 2019, but not according to a few other otherwise reliable sources, which say a slightly taller unnamed peak is the highest point. This mountain wild enough and left alone enough that even its name and basic facts are disputed, and it doesn't sound that different than how the peak looks in these images. These mountains were once a meeting place for Navajo and Apache horse thieves. La Cueva de Ladrones, the cave of thieves, southwest of Ladrone Peak, was at one time a refuge for bandits. The mountains are part of the Lucero Uplift, which includes Gaina Mesa, 7,840 feet, and Lucero Mesa, 6,500 feet farther north. The east side of the Ladrone Mountains consists largely of granite, quartzite, and other Precambrian rocks, while the west side is flanked by more recent sedimentary strata. Some gold was found in these mountains in the late 1860s. To get onto the dirt road to Ladrone Peak, turn off from US 85, now I-25 at Bernardo. Drive south on the old road and west over the old steel bridge across the Rio Puerco, three-eighths of a mile southwest of the junction US 85 and US 60. A few hundred feet beyond the bridge, a ranch road leads to the west. It passes through the Rocking M Ranch where several gates must be opened and closed and goes around the mountain. After passing the peak on the north side, the road continues southwest and south and eventually to Riley and Magdalena, climbing a steep ridge. Faint jeep tracks which lead to the mountain from here may be followed to an abandoned ranch house about 25 miles from Bernardo, where cars may be parked at 6,100 feet. A trail of sorts in an arroyo leads to the peak. The route to the summit goes up a long boulder slide to a notch just south of the summit. The last 200 feet require careful choice of route. Sierra Ladrona is perfectly centered. Desert in the foreground, a wire fence, half the image sky, taken from between Socorro and Magdalena. Socorro, population 9,051 in 2010, 45 miles southeast. Magdalena, population 926 in 2012, 41 miles southwest, a town that made news in 2013 when it ran out of water. This mountain massive, a compact range, lies between two regularly dry desert rivers, the Rio Puerco and the Rio Salado, a river of mud and a river of salt. The pink and red Rio Puerco, the fourth most sediment-laden river on Earth. The Rio Salado's banks white with salt, both rivers tributaries of the Rio Grande, neither tributary visible here. David Pike explores this area's larger geological and geographical context in his fact-filled 2004 Roadside New Mexico, a guide to historic markers. When flowing, the Rio Salado eventually joins the Rio Grande a short distance to the southwest. The Rio Grande is the longest river in New Mexico and one of the longest in the world. 
The course of the Rio Grande follows a huge geological trench in the crust of the Earth known as the Rio Grande Rift. The incipient rift took shape millions of years ago as the Earth in central New Mexico slowly began pulling apart and huge blocks of land sank downward between the cracks. Mountain runoff collecting in basins along the rift eventually joined to form the Rio Grande. The same down dropping that created the rift also forced large blocks of land on its margins to uplift into mountains. Two of these, Los Pinos and the Sierra Ladrone, are prime examples of how such natural forces can create dramatic juxtapositions. Since the mountains were once contiguously connected with the land that formed the Rio Grande Rift, rocks on their 9,000-foot crests are offset from similar rocks below these dunes by about four miles. According to legend, the steep defiles of the Sierra Ladrone to the northwest served as hiding places for bandits and horse thieves throughout the 19th century. These unscrupulous activities earned the mountains their disreputable name a desert canyon with a prickly pear cactus growing in the foreground. The stone ruins of a homestead taken from an awkward corner angle and close, forcing history into your face. Like me at parties when I don't know what else to talk about. Beautiful sunset with Sierra Ladronas in the far distance. Right at day's end, the sky slicing apart into layers. I love this shot. The dark sky, the dark foreground, streaks of hot light. A rocky hillside, a bouldery realm, blue sky and light clouds along the top. The dark sun-baked patina on some rocks in the foreground makes me think there may be petroglyphs or other inscriptions. That's the best rock for that, as the contrast of the dark rock above, often black, and the lighter rock below, often pink, makes the carvings really pop. A group of happy people in jubilant poses atop a rocky pair of fins, an all-rock hill. Lichen sprawls on a boulder. Lichen is amazing. Three different organisms, algae, cyanobacteria, and fungi living symbiotically. It eats rock and makes dirt and lives for centuries, millennia. I see Choyas, a yucca, hiking eastern fin route up Sierra Ladronas near Bernardo NM, reads the caption. Exit at Bernardo from I-25 to visit the mountain. Bernardo itself, named circa 1902 for a Boleyn merchant, is scattered residences, a half-green world of sandhill cranes, fields, coyotes, geese, sunflower fields, mule deer, ducks, petrified wood, and a freeway. Another beautiful shot by the same photographer, someone who sometimes posts from the Sierra Ladronas Wilderness Study Area, about which New Mexico's wilderness areas, the complete guide from 1998 by my friend Bob Julian, with photos by Tom Till, says, trails are conspicuously absent in the Sierra Ladronas. On the east, the mountains break wave-like into a series of rocky canyons, giving the appearance of an enormous pile of boulders. The southern and western sections are characterized by rocky cliffs, mesa rim rock, badlands, and steep slopes cut by numerous canyons and ravines. There is little water. Rings and seeps are occasionally nestled in a few of the many canyons, but they're easy to miss. Look for slight vegetational differences as clues. The core of the Sierra Ladronas is the wilderness study area, and because of its conspicuous wilderness character, the range was chosen as a reintroduction site for desert bighorn sheep. Other wildlife, about 200 area species, includes black bear, mountain lion, mule deer, and pronghorn. One wooden utility pole toward the image's bottom left, with tufting green and yellow desert in the foreground. I see salt cedars, aka tamarisk, a very invasive plant once imported to prevent riverbank erosion, and then Sierra Ladronas. So much sky, the lower portions cut by wires. Clouds over the mountain, a dirt road to the mountain, and the mountain half in cloud shadow. I can hear a mountain like this in 1988's New Mexico Statewide Wilderness Study, Environmental Impact Statement by the BLM, available online, access September 10th, 2019. The Sierra Ladronas unit is located 22 air miles northeast of Socorro. The unit is generally rugged and broken. It is dominated by Ladrone Mountain, an impressive granitic peak. In addition to its mountain lands, the Sierra Ladronas unit includes mesas, extensive rim rock formations, rugged canyons, and isolated badlands. Elevations range from 5,100 to 9,200 feet. 
The Sierra Ladronis unit generally appears natural and affected primarily by the forces of nature. Human intrusions in this unit include a relatively small number of range developments, seven mining prospect areas, and 14 vehicle ways. The size, extreme topographic relief, and vegetative screening greatly mitigate the impact and significance of past human influence. The physical isolation, relatively large size, diverse landforms, and great topographic relief assure the human visitor outstanding opportunities for both solitude and primitive recreation. Scenic and wildlife values are significant, and the ecological diversity of the unit is scientifically important. Archaeological sites dating back 10,000 years are present within the area. A number of comments, three, were received which opposed WSA status, as opposed to 33 comments in support for any part of the Sierra Ladronas. The most consistent objection was the fact that the area is not pristine and is in fact peppered with historical mines. Further field work by BLM personnel confirmed the fact historical mining activity was even more widespread than previously believed. Innumerable shafts and drifts are present in the unit primarily in the core mountain area. However, with few exceptions, these old mines blend in so well with the surrounding environment they are extremely difficult to locate on the ground even when precise locations are known. Two dead trees, mostly limbless, one straight, one bisecting the other, both black and charred. Autumnal growth in the foreground, leafy, orange and yellow. Sierra Ladronis in the far background, along the horizon, pressed like accused Puritan witch Giles Corey beneath so much sky. Fire remnant, says the caption. More weight, says the mountain. Someone in a red jacket with a black backpack climbing a slope of dark pink rock. A wild spray of gray branches in the foreground, the eastern fin route. The mountains so small and far away, scruffy desert and then dirt road in the foreground. The sky washed out, the lens observing it smeared in literal honey. An archived page from the New Mexico Wilderness Alliance's website, which I accessed on September 12, 2019, says, A map compiled by ecologists Brown, Lowe, and Pace shows four biotic communities coming together in this complex. Chihuahuan Desert Scrub, Semi-Desert Grassland, Plains and Great Basin Grassland, and Great Basin Conifer Forest. The area's geographical location and large elevation gradient account for this incredible diversity. Ponderosa pine, aspen, and Douglas fir are found near the summit of Ladrone Peak, along with Mexican campion, grama grass, and claret cup cactus. The Sierra Ladronis Massif also contains habitat for rare, endangered, and endemic plant species. These include Gooding's onion, slender spider flower, Hess's fleabane, Gilia groundsel, and Todson's penroyal. State-listed sensitive species include threadleaf false carrot, Planck's catchfly, and Wright's spider lily. Habitat for these rare and endemic plants occur on the north slopes of Ladrone Peak and along the ridge slopes west of the Canyon del Norte drainage. These areas were nominated by the Nature Conservancy for special management because of the sensitivity of these plants. A scruffy, resilient tree growing from what appears to be a solid rock saddle. The tree shows a very narrow, spindly trunk, a knot of green branches atop that, and nothing else. When I first saw it, I thought of Moses raising a dead snake on a spear as a behold and be cure for any of the Bible's Israelites suffering from being bitten by fiery serpents, which were like cool Ghost Rider-style snakes from hell, I suppose, or they had a fiery pattern, or it's just a story. I behold this tree, a digital facsimile of an image of this tree, and this image is a window. All these images are windows. So are those paragraphs from books I own, websites, YouTube videos, views, many seen through literal windows, mostly car windows, I see a place through these images, these windows, but I casually but seriously yearn to see it up close. I mean, it is interesting to me to think about where I haven't been. Try pondering your internal geography. What's there? What's not? Where do you know and how? But I want to go. I want to taste the mountain's dirt and hug its trees. I want to renew my membership there in the church of walking around and looking at stuff. I have a new-to-me vehicle that probably won't break down, and a little money for gas and food. My kids and my new wife all say they want to go. 
Yeah. Okay, so I'm thinking a uh, road trip. Yes, we should. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Definitely coming away from that, wanting to go check this place out. That sounds <laughs> awesome. There's and ghost towns and everything. I want my hashtagged Instagram picture. <laughs> yeah. Searchable amongst the. Uh, oh yeah, totally. Ones yeah. you found. There's more now than when I wrote this. Of course. There's a few more. But man, this place has everything. Um, uh, ghost towns, yeah. uh, forgotten mines to fall into, gold, uh, yeah, yeah. undoubtedly the buried treasure of thieves, a cave where the thieves used to hide. These two wild rivers, one's the fourth most sediment laden in the world. That's so cool. Yeah. That is. That's what I love about New Mexico in a yeah. nutshell, right? It's just like any anywhere you look around, yeah. you see a point off in the distance that yeah. you never even think about. Totally. Oh, it's got a huge totally. story and it's got, it's a fascinating place to go see. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So I think it's kind of fascinating that people do tag it or oh, whatever yeah. and yeah. are going yeah. to it. People are going there. Yeah. That's you know? interesting. There, yeah. We've a, never gone. There's a good like New Mexico loving community mm-hmm. on, online. I've noticed people that like do go places and check Certainly. things out. So. Well, and that it yeah. seems there's different, maybe the more hiker mountain climber. And then there's this kind of right. modern cowboy right, gunslinging. Right. Yeah. Type. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man! Very cool. Well, what yeah. do you, what 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 part would you like be most interested in, or going to see? Um, I don't. I've always wanted to go to Magdalena. Mm-hmm. Um, so from there, check out there. Yeah, and yeah, then like go Magdalena. into the yeah. um, mountains. Yeah, okay. Magdalena. Yeah. Have y'all heard of Charles Bowden? Do you know that Western writer at all? Uh, a lot of people call familiar. him like Bird writer's writer or something like oh, that. Oh, okay. But he wrote a really interesting little book about his friendship with Edward Abbey. It really demythologized Abby, and I thought it was very interesting in that way. Called the Red Caddy, but he mm. he lived in Magdalena. Oh wow! And, like, and uh, I'm pretty sure okay. that Ma- Magdalena yeah. is a neat little place. Yeah, it's got a ghost town. It's okay, thanks. <laughs> sure. All right, thanks. <laughs> thanks. Ty, where do you want to go? Uh, the ghost town sounds amazing. Um, and the ca- I'd like to check out that cave, the cave oh, yeah. where the robbers yeah, used to no hide. Yeah, no kidding. It's a you two go- love caves. <laughs> caves are cool. True. <laughs> Go find some gold. Yeah, I would. Yeah, like, I want I haven't even found like pictures of that cave or anything online. Like, I, I wonder. Do you think if you're, this is from a more um, practical perspective, if you're ranging around this countryside, is there a danger of old mines? It sounds like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely there. What right? is the danger to watch out for? Just falling uh, in them? Open pits. Um, okay. I I guess that would be the yeah. that would be the danger yeah. would be that yeah. if you came apart upon a part that uh, the the tunnel was just yeah. under the, under the surface They're and just collapsed or something. They're just so uncertain. Yeah. I mean, you certainly don't want to go in yeah. one. Don't. You know? Okay. No. Nah. No. I I don't want to go. Uh, people do. You can go on YouTube and find yeah. people who mm. are checking out old mines, but it seems crazy yeah. to me like It's so risky. That not stuff just does collapse. Not just collapses. Yeah. It, there's pockets of gas and yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Sure. Okay, uh, yeah. Graveyards are full of indispensable That's not people, right? <laughs> enticing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love the idea of like exploring a place like that, but um, I, I don't like the idea of dying without anyone knowing where I'm yeah. or ever finding my body. Well, like, so Hagen, New Mexico, which y'all know I love. Yes. Right. My son is named after after it. Ghost town at the north end of the Sandias. But uh, that has seven and a half miles of tunnels underneath it, according mm-hmm. to archaeological invest- investigations of Hagen, this book I have. Right. Um, wow. and, uh, so, and it has like cafeterias and like areas. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff down there. But uh, in one time near one of the old mining entrances, which had all been closed and filled in because throughout yeah. the 60s they were on fire and they were like belching smoke out. They caught on. And oh, really? <laughs> they were like a public nuisance from that. And, uh, you know, adding carbon, of course. But um, 
the uh, so anyway, they filled it up, and I, but I always thought, I wonder if I would go down there if I had the chance. And one day it rained heavily enough that there that a coyote hole had opened up a complete route down into yeah. the mines. And I stood there and I thought about it, and then I just was like, you know, people were dying in cavens then. There's newspaper <laughs> stories from the 20s about I didn't when do it, it was like its best you know, maintained, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the newest and right. yeah, maintained like, structure. If I make it to my 90s, I'm gonna explore some mines and stuff. Cool. But, um, Excellent. Yeah. Anyway. I really um, liked it. Well, thanks. Good stuff. Uh, hey. Yeah. November 23rd. Yeah. 1 p.m. Saturday. Oh, yeah. We're going to be showing a movie. Okay. Uh, Lash of the Penitentes. It's uh, those of you who have been uh, listening to our show for a long time now will recognize the title perhaps from our second or third episode oh, yeah. where second we discussed the murder of Carl Taylor, which is the the... the True life event that the story of Lash of the Penitentes is based on. Loosely based. Lo- very loosely <laughs> based. Inspired um, by. And also, <laughs> well, you want to talk about the movie a little bit, Mike? Tell, sure, tell yeah, people we, what to expect. Well, the movie was heavily censored. Uh, it was banned in New Mexico. I don't know about formally, but in a letter by Clyde Tingley anyway, when he was governor, um, for being exploitative. And I remember watching the movie and thinking, it's not that exploitative. It's just stupid. Like, you know, <laughs> but uh, then if you watch the trailer, you can see that it is like a New Mexploitation, sexploitation oh, wow. f- film going on. Yeah. You know? Well, like, <laughs> the, sign me up. Yeah. <laughs> the original uh, film yeah. was at least an hour long. Oh. Uh, the copy that we're going to be showing is about 34 minutes yeah. long. So a significant chunk of it has already been cut out. You're on the hunt of a slightly longer version, right? Maybe. Um, The Library of Congress has a print that's listed at 37 minutes long. So we might get three extra (laughs) minutes of footage. I wonder what those three minutes contain. I think there's a screenwriting archive in LA that has a script. It has an intact yeah, script. That would and, be really cool. You know, I, I remember because I really got deep into the research of this stuff uh-huh. and I remember finding finding that once. Right. But, uh, so you know, what we're gonna be showing is definitely yeah. like a historic uh art artifact. Yeah. More than yeah. more than an entertaining movie. I right. mean it, it's sort of entertaining just because well, it's so weird. But it is featured uh, when I was searching around online for it, it does seem to turn up on a lot of websites that are like into like whipping fetishes and stuff yeah. like that. Really? <laughs> Well, and I, I believe you can make the case that it was referenced in the uh, in the book Brave New World, oh, where really? um, yeah, where the people of the future watch a movie about the Penitentes. No way! Like, oh. I wonder if that was uh, something that uh, Aldous Huxley. Oh, how interesting! Come across. Well, we should research that connection. Uh-huh. Yeah, I thought. Um, Someone drew my attention to that there's a paragraph in the Fountainhead that seems to refer like by Ayn Rand, who I can't stand, mm-hmm. uh, but that draws attention to uh, the pe- that uses like a penitente image uh, metaphorically. Oh, and okay. I thought that would have made sense because that's when the like late 30s was when that was story was yep. breaking through into right. the national consciousness and stuff. Yes. Yeah. So this, if if you remember from the uh, episode we did years ago, uh, the story of Carl Taylor's murder. Uh, caused a bit of a panic, I'd say, about mm. about the penitente yeah. order as a yeah. as, as essentially a, as a cult of, kind of a know, racist panic. Yeah, definitely yeah. a racist yeah. panic as a cult of a uh, well murderous uh, yeah. Satanist, basically. Which the, like of course the they other is coming at us from every direction, right? You know. So, um, and then this movie drew heavily on that. It features both uh, authentic footage of New Mexico Matachinas dancing. As well as heavily sensationalized uh, uh, dramatizations of 
like penitente stuff, which is completely made up whole cloth. And I think, mm. you know, we oh. need to be very clear about that. Right. And that we're not we're not endorsing this vision. It is a historic right. document and we're gonna be talking about how it relates to things as they actually right. are mm. in New Mexico. So please Guild Cinema, yeah. one PM Saturday, November twenty third. Awesome. Uh, I think uh, patrons get in free. Oh. So, you know, the, what a great time Enjoy. to uh, to join. Yeah. yeah. And I think uh, um, it's probably about time to pack it up. Yeah. yeah. And um, um, I just want to say, if our, any of our listeners have cool stories about Sierra Ladronas, I'd like to hear that yeah. because it, it is something that's close to town and like part of our lives, but like most of us don't even look at it. Totally. Know? Oh, so. speaking of our listeners, I'm sorry. I I, I said that um, after our uh, discussion with uh, Dave Dewitt, uh, I was sent a uh, Facebook message by uh, a man I know named Rodolfo uh, Perez. Huh. Um, and uh, it's not coming up. Ah, come on. Dear Ty. Uh, right. Ro- Rodolfo Perez Salerio. And he would like to just remind our listeners that uh, green chili um, is found all along the Santa Fe Trail from Mexico City to Santa Fe and certainly huh. not just in New Mexico. And in fact, his parents uh, from San Juan del Rio Durango uh, raised green chili for uh, for generations. So, how cool! Just something to keep in mind that it yeah. is not uh, purely a New Mexico phenomenon. Right. That it's all borders are imaginary. Yeah, also, and, uh, you know, something to seek out. Right on. Yeah, I mean, thank obviously, thank you for sharing. Yeah. Yes, thank you, Rodolfo. So, all right. Well, thanks, guys. It's so and cool. We have listeners. Yeah, awesome. me too. <laughs> and um, I thought we threw these into the void. <laughs> All right. Well, you guys, uh, we'll see you next time. And uh, thanks for listening. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Patreons. Thanks, listeners. Thanks, everyone.